I'll do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the September 1st Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen, and I'll be filling in again for Catherine this month as staff liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Assisting me tonight um, in the City Commission room is Drew, B Drew Bilby. Um, we will work alongside the chair to facilitate tonight's meeting's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself when not actively speaking. Please keep your video on during the duration of this meeting. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. There will not be screen sharing as part of um, tonight's meeting. All attachments, reference materials and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. The chair will call for in-person and virtual public comment for those who wish to speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each board member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of that vote. Before I turn the meeting back over to the board, I'll note that we are down both a chair and a vice chair tonight. Following the quorum call, we'll need to elect a chair pro tem for tonight's meeting. We will hold regular elections for permanent chair and vice chair at next month's meeting on October 6th. So before I throw it over, I'll um, call, I'll first call a roll to determine if we have quorum and begin tonight's meeting. Board Member Gardner. I'm here, sorry, the mute wouldn't work. Very good, thank you. Board Member Clark. Here. Board Member Shalinsky. I'm here. Board Member Hill. Present. Board Member Rankin. Here. Board Member Herod. Present. And Board Member Weisner. All right, thank you everybody. We have quorum and at this point I will toss it to the board to discuss tonight's uh, chair pro tem election. Um, this is uh, board member Shalinsky. I would like to nominate Nate if he is up for it. I would second that. This is board member Clark, I'll accept that nomination. Okay, so I have a, um, do, uh, do, would someone make a motion for that election or ask staff to call the roll for that election, please? Uh, go ahead, I'll, uh, so I will second board members Shalinsky's motion for board member Clark to be our pro tem chair tonight and I'd ask the staff to call the roll on it. Very good, a motion to elect board member Clark as tonight's chair pro tem. Board member Gardner. Aye. Board member Clark. Aye. Board member Shalinsky. Aye. Board member Hill. Aye. Board member Rankin. Aye. And board member Herod. Aye. The motion carries. All right, good evening. This is board member Clark. Uh, for this evening, uh, we'll go down to communications here and acknowledge any communications to come before the board tonight. 
This is uh, staff member Luke Mortensen. Uh, all communications should be included or are included in the uh, full agenda packet tonight. Okay. Thank you, staff. Board member Clark again. Uh, does anybody on the board need to disclose any ex parte communications or abstentions tonight? Um, this is board member Shalinsky. Um, I had an ex parte communication of sorts, I guess you could say. Um, subsequent to the last meeting, uh, on the second item, uh, I received a communication from one of the owners of the property uh, just asking me to explain my logic in the vote that I cast. Um, and I did not respond to the email. So um for what that's worth former ranking i had the same thing and i had the same um action this board member clark i i'm not sure which uh item it was but i also received a, an email following last month's meeting from i believe in his assistant at warner architects uh, but did not respond or reply This is board member Herod. I got an email, I think, probably from the same person. Uh, I didn't reply. And this is board member Hill, and I got the same uh, probably communication. And being the newbie, I did reply. Board member Gardner, I got the same communication, but I have a question for the staff. This, uh, this, is a past thing and there is a, a new one today from Warner which I think is the same property um, so we didn't have communications based on the new one so does it matter? Luke Morrison, Plan Development Services uh, not really, and, and the guidance that um, Catherine Wheat gave, I, I know Board Member Hill was, you're free to respond um, at will, and it sounds like some did and some did not. Uh, Board Member Gardner is correct, uh, a similar, um, well, this is the same property. Uh, tonight, the variance is a little bit different, so it is a new item, and as I'm sure you're all aware, should be considered you know, independent of past communications and past items. Great. This is board member Clark. Luke, does that does that pass muster then for you as far as staff goes for disclosing ex parte communication? Yes, it does. Thank you. Great. Okay. Uh, item C, agenda item C here. Staff, are there any agenda items that will be deferred this evening? We have not received any requests to defer items tonight. Great. Then this is board member Clark. Uh, kicking things off with the public hearing portion of our meeting tonight. Uh, we have two agenda items and we would really appreciate to hear from staff on agenda item number one. Okay, 
Good evening again, everybody. Luke Mortensen, Planner with Planning and Development Services Department. As Chair Clark just noted, public hearing item C1 is a variance request from the access management standards as found in Article 9 of the Land Development Code. The specific request is to maintain direct vehicle access to an arterial street right-of-way and to reduce that required distance between a stop sign controlled intersection and a driveway curb cut from the required 300 feet to 89 feet for the property currently addressed as 2515 West 6th Street. I will now briefly run through the five review criteria. Criteria one focuses on unique conditions based in platting or zoning. This variance originates from the applicant's de desire to demolish an existing vacant structure and establish a new fast order food drive-in use and structure on the subject property. For Article 13 of the City's Land Development Code, this type and intensity of proposed improvement requires full compliance with all elements and articles of the Land Development Code, including vehicle access management standards. Staff does not believe the subject property has unique conditions based on its platting or zoning. The subject property is a rectangular parcel com comprised of two platted lots a minor subdivision replat to vacate existing utility easements and to combine these two lots into a single lot would be required prior to site plan approval. An analysis in the staff report of the subject property and the surrounding commercial strip district parcels located south of West 6th Street and between the Rockledge Road and Lawrence Avenue shows that the subject property has a parcel width, parcel depth, and parcel area that exceeds the average for the adjacent zoning district. This site has not been uniquely targeted for access point closure. The city considers, considers access point closure and consolidation along all rights of way, specifically major arterial street rights of way like West 6th Street as properties develop and redevelop. A similar access point closure and consolidation standard reduced the number of direct access points near the subject property at West 6th Street and Wisconsin Street, where Casey's and Panda Pediatrics are now located. To conclude this section, staff does not believe that the subject property exhibits conditions of uniqueness based in its platting or zoning that warrant these variances from the city's access management standards. Criteria two focuses on potential adverse effects upon uh, adjacent property owners or residents. In staff's opinion, the requested variance would not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. Maintaining the existing driveway curb cut would not restrict adjacent properties from continued operation of their existing land uses. Criteria three focuses on unnecessary hardship as defined by our land development code. Staff does not believe that requiring the applicant to comply with the code required access management standards would interfere with the applicant's basic right of property ownership and would and does not believe that it would de deprive the owner of their property without compensation. There are existing access points to the Crestline Drive right-of-way that will not be affected by the closure of the West 6th Street access point. Reasonable access as required and uh, established by the Land Development Code does exist via the existing driveway curb cuts to Crestline. Conformance with the Code's access management standards when associated with the potential major site plan development project 
does not satisfy the code's definition of an unnecessary hardship. Criteria four focuses on adverse effects on the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting this variance request may adversely affect the above listed items. Maintaining and memorializing a high number of driveway curb cuts along major arterial street rights of way may jeopardize vehicle, pedestrian, and bicycle safety. The, requ the required distance between a driveway curb cut and a controlled intersection, in this case it's 300 feet, is intended to function as an acceleration and deceleration zone for vehicles moving through the intersection. Even a right-in, right-out access point could cause adverse impacts upon the existing roadway and the intersection area. Vehicles entering and exiting the subject property would immediately interact with flowing traffic in a manner that is less safe than entering the West 6th Street right-of-way from, from the controlled intersection with Crestline Drive. Reducing the number of intersections, intersections between private driveways and the public right-of-way would reduce the opportunity for vehicle collisions or vehicle-pedestrian collisions. Limiting access points reduces the exposure of bicycles and pedestrians to potential crashes as well. This is especially true for older portions of the West 6th Street right-of-way, which has a higher number of shallow lots with narrower frontages and a higher number of individual existing driveway curb cuts when compared to more recently developed major arterial or commercial strip district areas in the city. Finally, the proposed fast order food drive-in use um, would increase the daily vehicle traffic to the site when compared to its former use as a bar lounge and its current vacant state. It is an auto-oriented land use, a variance that relaxes the vehicle access management standards with an auto-oriented land use could increase the likelihood of adverse effects and impacts. Criteria 5 focuses on the general spirit and intent of the Land Development Code. It is the intent of the code to bring properties and structures into or towards compliance over time with varied levels of development and redevelopment. This is especially true for properties that were developed prior to the adoption of the detailed access management standards as provided by Article 9 of the Land Development Code. A denial of the requested variance would compel the applicant to follow major site planning development standards and would bring a non-conforming uh, driveway curb cut and property into conformity while further enhancing the, um, the safety of the right-of-way and its users over the lifetime of this proposed redevelopment. Access point removal would uphold the purpose intent of the parking, loading, and access management standards as stated in Article 9. Finally, the Land Development Code provides a relief mechanism via the City Engineer's waiver process from access management standards. Uh, we consulted with the City Engineer who determined that reasonable access exists, that his waiver is not warranted, and that the subject property should adhere to the adopted access management standards of the Land Development Code. To conclude, staff recommends denial of the variance request to maintain a direct access point to a principal arterial right-of-way and to reduce the required spacing between a stop sign controlled intersection and a driveway curb cut on a principal arterial street right-of-way from 300 feet to 89 feet for the property address as 2515 West 6th Street. With that, I'll wrap up and I believe our applicant is with us tonight as well.
was board member Clark. Thank you, staff. Does anybody have any questions for staff at this time? All right, seeing none, uh, we'll open up the uh, opportunity for the applicant to come forward. Oh, you're here. I'm here. Hi, welcome. I haven't been to one of these things in a while. Uh, can everyone hear me? Do I need to hit any buttons or anything? Looks good. good. Okay. Uh, my name is Brandon Haverty. I'm the owner of Report Properties. Uh, I'll be brief tonight. Uh, I know it's Labor Day weekend. We got a football game tomorrow, and uh, people probably have better, better things to do. Um, Luke, good to see you again. Um, to give a little backstory, uh, we were under contract on the property of the East. Um, the gas station, now pawn shop, and then a cleaning building. We had pre-application calls uh, with the city uh, staff and then follow-up calls with Luke and his team. Uh, going through the motions there, we had some challenges with that side as well. Um, they kind of laid out, you know, some of the challenges we had and some of the variances we're gonna need it from this same committee. We kind of read the writing uh, on the wall with the three variances I think we needed there that to us seemed, uh, more unlikely, and we decided to pivot uh, on this project for Starbucks and move to the lot to the west of uh, Crestline, picking up uh, about a 0.9 acre site there, the former uh, ranch restaurant, and came up with a plan the staff seemed you know, quite excited about initially. And we were able to put together, uh, you know, said plan and had our pre-application call with the city. And it was a lot of very positive things at the very end of that call. Um, I brought up the Western access point there and I said, listen, we're looking to potentially take that to a ride in, ride out. Uh, I know that does not meet access management standards, but when you look at what we've done holistically, which I think is the reason we're here at the, the BZA, um, we've taken a site that has two full access curb cuts on 6th Street. Uh, we've modified one to a ride in, ride out. Furthermore, if you look at the, the site plan there that was provided in the packet, our parking is 45 degree parking. So from a practical standpoint, when customers enter this site, um, there would be no reason for them to actually use that right out. Uh, I think the traffic on that would be next to none. I, I think non-existent would be a fair term. We're really utilizing this for a right in uh, primarily to get customers directly into the drive-through queue. And then when they exit the drive-through pickup window, uh, instead of having to uh, cross traffic, um, from customers coming into the site from 6th Street, they can exit straight onto Crest Line and exit the site. I think we can all see the majority of the traffic here will be eastbound uh, coming into this, this Starbucks and uh, exiting you know, eastbound, not to say there won't be some other customers. So from a big picture standpoint, we, we closed one access point on Crest Line. Uh, we took an existing access point of you know, a dilapidated, blighted building, and we agreed to a right in, right out. Uh, proposal. We furthermore put 45 degree parking in place so that access point will be used um, far less than you know, a typical ride out access point. And given our history with the site, which I'm sure Luke can comment on, us being under contract on the site to the east, I feel like we've been a pretty good development partner here uh, for the city looking at uh, all of the aspects of the deal and trying to come up with a situation that is uh, agreeable to you know, all parties. I submitted a traffic study to Luke and his team uh, about a week ago. I don't know if that was disseminated to, to the committee. Uh, but they, the traffic study didn't show any real issues with what we were proposing. Uh, last in conclusion, you know, I, I see it's 300 feet 
uh, from Crestline Road. We have a property with 150 feet of frontage on, on Crestline, I mean, on 6th Street. We're never going to get to the 300-foot marker. And we would ask for consideration with all the considerations we've made onto this site plan ahead of time uh, for the uh, Board of Appeals here to, to look at this case and, and see if it makes sense that uh, with the traffic study and some of the things we've done that uh, we can get an approval. So thank you. I'm open for questions if anyone has any. Uh, thank you. Uh, board Member Clark, does anyone have any questions for the applicant at this time? Uh, board Member Shalinsky, um, I visited the site um, this afternoon and um, my question is uh, the uh, current 6th Street access regarding the current 6th Street access point. Um, would it be in the same location? And um, is the width of the uh, pavement uh, the same being that you're proposing? Is it the same as what currently exists? We would have to- Entry. Yeah, Committee Member Shalinsky, I think, thank you for the question. Uh, yes, it would be in practically the same location. We'd have to do a little bit of work there to put that island in there, the median, so that it was a defined right in, right out. But yes, the location would remain relatively the same with, with some improvements we'd have to make, obviously, during construction. So it would be a little bit wider then in order to put a uh, median in, right? Correct. Okay. Thank you. Board Member Gardner, can you tell us specifically what the traffic study said? Because uh, from my observation, you know, I read some of the stuff that talks about 300 feet and how people slow down to, you know, turn onto Crestline. But to me, you, you do a turn signal at, at 100 feet, so that's past the entrance that you had. Can you tell me what the traffic study said? Yeah, I mean, there was trip count generation, you know, on there. It was just a seven-step tra traffic study. I think the overall in the summary, um, in, in our opinion, it reduces number of conflict points. Uh, and this is referenced directly in the traffic study compared to the existing configuration uh, while providing good site circulation and reducing the traffic impact to Crestline Drive. Obviously, Crestline Drive is a residential road. Um, traffic will increase on Crestline Drive as a part of this project. We feel like having a right-in. Uh, right out brings traffic directly into the to the drive-through queue. Uh, we don't see much of a, a risk to to motorists. Obviously, the big risk is is left turn ins and left turn outs, which we've completely taken away because uh, we do see that as certainly a conflict point. Um, we're not we're not here. I mean, I I see 89 feet. The standard's 300 feet. I know that's a big variance. Uh, that's not uh, that's not lost on us by any any stretch. We're just looking from a practical standpoint. When you look at a site and the way it's configured now, we feel like we're making making pretty good improvements, significant concessions. Uh, and if you look at the site plan, I think you can see how, how it works pretty well, um, having a right in, right out there. I would even go a step step further. Um, we have not discussed this with Luke, and I don't know how this works from a uh, uh, Board of Zoning Appeals meeting tonight, but uh, even a right in, I, I think it's something we could live with. I, I don't think the right in will be used at all anyway. 
But even if we could get a ride in there, I, I think you, I think it'll be beneficial to the neighborhood to the south. Um, I think it'll be beneficial to the the customers entering and exiting the site. Uh, it is a drive-through business. Starbucks now, the cafe business has uh, has changed a little bit with the with COVID, uh, the pandemic, and and just outside of that, uh, the drive-through the drive-through queue has certainly increased. This, this has a great drive-through stack, and we just think from a reasonability standpoint, which is again why we're here at the uh, the BZA. Uh, I think we have a site plan that uh, you know that works pretty well and is, is certainly worthy of consideration of this request. So to reiterate. There is no way to turn left into it when you're heading west by the way you're designing it. You can be a crest line, but correct. On this access point, no, you cannot. This will be a defined right in, right out movement. Okay. Luke Mortensen staff, I'll just quickly add, um, yeah, the, the traffic study came in a little bit too late to be included in both staff's analysis and the um, packet. That will go on to uh, to our MSO engineers. If this gets to the site planning stage, they will um, work with that traffic study as well. Great. All right, thank you. Any other questions for the applicant at this time? All right, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, all right, uh, next up, the public portion of the meeting tonight. I see no one else here in the room with us. Um, is anybody, Luke, do you know if anybody's online? Let me double check. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not seeing any Zoom commenters. Okay, given that, I would take a motion to close the public portion. I'll move to close the public comment portion. Second, anybody? I'll second that. Thank you. I got a motion and second to close the public portion. Luke, uh, would you please call count on that? Yes, motion to close public comment period on this first item. Board Member Gardner. Yay. Board Member Clark. Aye. Board Member Shalinsky. Aye. Board Member Hill. Aye. Board Member Rankin. Aye. And Board Member Herod. Aye. Motion carries. All right. Um, this is Board Member Clark. I do have one question I think that staff would be best able to answer. I'm reading the the variance is primarily around the driveway curb cut and stop sign controlled intersection. And if I'm reading this and interpreting the the site plan correctly, the curb cut is our right in the right out that we're discussion discussing and the stop sign controlled intersection is Crestline Drive to the east. Yes, that's correct. So it's kind of two variance requests wrapped into one. The first item you're considering is maintaining a, a curb cut at all, regardless of right in, right out. It's maintaining that direct vehicle access. And the second component is if you know you see fit to maintain that access, uh, providing a variance so that it um, can be at that proposed location, 89 feet from the stop sign controlled intersection with Crestline. Board Member Gardner, a, a question since the um, 
owner or developer uh, offered a write in only and not the write out, can you look at the description or the uh, the plat or whatever and tell us then what the distance to the intersection is because it would be half of whatever that uh, curb cut is now. So it would be further from the intersection. Yeah, this, this is board member Clark. I think we could we could roughly estimate that at 100 feet. Yeah, so yeah. now we're at the turning signal distance from the um, from the stop sign. Yeah, this is this is board member Clark. And I think we'd have to look at the specific way that the variance is uh, worded, but the Right now we have to, we have the option to approve or reject, or there's one more option, um, but we have to we have to deal with the proposal in front of us. Right, but that option, this is board member Shalinsky, that, that option is to um, like uh, partially approve or modify, I believe. So Luke Mortensen, Planning Development Services, I think if you are looking at conditioning, I think in this case, um, it would be maybe conditioning the distance from the stop sign control intersection. The cleanest way to move forward with the curb cut component is probably just to allow or not allow the access point at all. And then the site planning process, we would work with them to determine if it's going to be right in uh, only or right in, right out. At that point, they would have their access point allowance, basically. Great. All right. Thank you, staff. All right. Open to the board. Any thoughts, comments? Um, board member Gardner, as we um, look at the comprehensive plan for Lawrence and we talk about uh, infill development and higher density, um, and if we look at the existing turn-ins off of 6th Street, um, especially if it's a write-in only, I I don't have a problem with supporting that. Hmm. This is this is Board Member Clark noting. I thought you were going to go the other way. I'm just saying with the increased density, we should be doing what we can to clear out 6th Street. Well, the, the the infill part is actually using that property again without growing the city further. I think to jump on what the general is saying is you've got a Starbucks sitting there, you know, it's also gonna have some food options and you're, I mean, just, what I mean, just a couple hundred feet north of uh, a residential neighborhood. I mean, people can walk off of Mountain View, Crestline, Century Drive. And they can walk. They can walk right up here to Starbucks and get their coffee and whatever. That's that's infill. That's yeah, and walkable park. neighborhood. That's the whole shooting match that Plan Twenty Forty is talking about. And exactly. Again, and this isn't staff's fault. It's just. Our present land development code is running square into, you know, a different a different planning scheme presented by Plan Twenty Forty. 
So that goal is to have people, uh, what, what is the, is it like a 15 minute walk they're looking for? 15 minute um, neighborhoods. Right, 15 minute neighborhood. Um, this is board member Shalinsky. I can see both sides of this. Um, I will say that, um, you know, I visited the site today. Um, I can see where a right in and a right out would be problematic. Um, first of all, uh, it took me probably well over a minute to do my ride out um, because of traffic on 6th Street. It carries a lot of traffic. Uh, and second of all, if you've not only got that traffic coming in, but you've got your view being blocked by cars that are turning in, it makes the ride out, I feel, um, you know, because they've got a turn signal on, but you don't know if they're turning on crest line or if they're turning into the driveway. Um, I have real concerns about the right out portion of this from a safety perspective. The fact that the applicant is willing to consider just a write-in makes it um, perhaps uh, less of a safety concern. The fact that staff is now saying that what we're doing is only saying there is or isn't the access point means that um, potentially if I vote in favor of this, it is gonna end up being a write out, which I'm not really comfortable with. Board member Gardner, I share your concern, Barry. Uh, that's why I said I'd support it if it was a write in only. And I think that's something that we could um, make as a condition. You know, I, I'm going to just, this is board member uh, Hill, and I too went over and looked at the property and was exiting Crestline. And I, I actually uh, was having trouble with the people who were exiting from multiple points on the other side of the street, turning into the turn lane and then merging with the traffic and coming over two lanes. It, it took me some time to get out and, and I was uh, surprised at um, all the maneuvers that were going on. Yeah, isn't it disgusting how people don't know how to drive when there's two lanes to turn into? need to have the German uh, driving test requirements that take a heck of a lot more. <laughs> uh, 
I feel like the general may have been posted overseas for some period of time and got to see. I think my dad had some similar experiences, different though on the buses. This is, this is board member Clark, and I'm trying to think. Um, I don't feel like it's very often that we get hung up on number four on this board around safety. Um, and that's, you know, agenda item one I, is going to be a little bit tricky because this is an action of the applicant. Um, the other ones don't seem like so much, but number four being that it's a, a safety thing, you know, that 300 foot setback away from a turn lane, exiting a major arterial street feels like a safety issue to me. Uh, board member Gardner, I, I had the same thought, which is why I actually looked up the uh, requirement for a turn signal and it was 100 feet. Um, and that's why I said I'd only support it if it was a right turn in only because I thin, think then it provides the 100 feet. Can I inquire of Luke? Is that okay, Mr. Chairman? Please do. So Luke, so if I'm getting out of hand here, you just tell me, okay. But so if this, imagine say it was, this was to be denied tonight. We're saying no. And then imagine the applicant still wants to open, you know, Starbucks here. So that that curb cut that we're talking about to the west of Crestline, it would get plugged up, right? And that's correct. Yes. And then the applicant could still put a business here, but the business would have to have it its in and outs off of Crestline, right? That's correct. And so, so in my, in my world, in my thinking, you know, the applicant, if we were to grant this variance and indicate, I don't know if we can modify it or not. I'm always been a little, I don't know, unsure of that, but if the board were to, you know, opine that we would strongly favor just a right in off of sixth only, then the end result is actually, I think, going to be better than than the alternative because because these folks can get in to this property off of Sixth Street, and then they can exit the property onto Crestline and go right or left, whatever, but they're not fighting with people that are trying to get into this property that are turning right off of Sixth Street onto Crestline. I mean, it actually creates a really nice flow because, I mean, the code is trying to do a good thing and close a curb cut on six, but by doing so, that means all the people that want to come in and out of this and utilize this business, the Starbucks, are coming and going off a of Crestline, which suddenly makes Crestline pretty exciting in a bad way. Well, if you keep if you keep that curb cut open off a of six as a right in only, it really creates, I think, a safer flow of traffic for everybody involved. Um, 
so Luke Mortensen plan development. Uh, I hear I hear you all. I hear um, board members Gardner uh, regarding feeling more able to support it if you could condition it in a way that it was just right in. The reason I'm hesitant is that we begin to get into MSO engineering uh, where we would want to have the city engineers, you know, perspective on this in terms of the safest right in, right out situation. So that's why I'll repeat that. Uh, I think tonight, if you, this first part, I think you should focus on the bigger picture of maintaining access. And then, you know, the notes from this meeting can be communicated to, you know, with and to the applicant. And we will work during the site planning process with the applicant and if they want to continue with the write-in only at that point MSO would would review that specific plan does that make sense yeah absolutely it does to me so that means <laughs> Luke that means we would somehow condition it to leave access but not define it you would you would approve the variance to maintain direct vehicle access to the right-of-way Okay, but we're not saying it could be an, a right in and a right out. That's correct. Okay. This is Board Member Clark, question for Luke. Hypothetically here, right now, another 300 feet to the west is going to be the cut-in for the hotel. It looks like, so it looks like that hotel is plenty in the clear. What if there was a intermediate property right there that was in the like 100 to 200 foot range? And he was sandwiched between a property on the east and a property on the west. Yes. So our land development code um, talks about properties that if they do not have, quote, reasonable access to the right-of-way network, they can be within that distance area. That's when um, the city engineer would grant that waiver. So, for example, we often see um, Street, Tennessee Street and Kentucky Street are um, collector streets and direct residential access is discouraged in the code to collector streets but oftentimes some of those don't have alley access so in that instance the city engineer would recognize they don't have any other reasonable access and and grant that waiver so i'm guessing in that hypothetical situation it would be it would be that similar case we would also and i'll just mention we would also encourage um if an adjacent property is looking to do improvements in the future to consolidate or shared access points uh, with access agreements between the two properties. Board Member Gardner, I actually looked at and thought about that with the, uh, the Econo Lodge or whatever it was next door, but I didn't think that they would go for that. Um, yeah, and it would appear they already are sharing a access point with the offices to the west of them even. Yeah. So so you can see over time, we, we get some of them and we don't get all of them. Right. I just didn't think it would handle an access point for three places. Thank you, staff. Any other comments from the board tonight? I'll just add um, as staff one more time, if you do, um, if someone wants to make a motion to maintain the access in the broad scope, it would be helpful if you could vote uh, motion and vote on those as two separate items. 
I would make that motion. Will you help me, Luke? Um, I will move that we grant the applicant's request to maintain that access to the right way, right of way to maintain that curb cut. Is that appropriate? Let me, I'm pulling up the staff report so I can just read what we recommended. So if you were looking to maintain that, I would, I would, uh, a, a, a motion to maintain direct access to a principal arterial right of way. I will make a motion to allow the applicant to maintain direct access to a major arterial street right of way. Okay. All right. Board member Clark, we have a motion. Do we have a second? Board member Gardner, second. All right, staff, we have a motion and a second. Can you please call roll? Uh, wait a minute. I'd oh. like to discuss the motion a little bit um, because I think my vote might be influenced by um, what the second vote would be. So I'd like to get some clarity hypothetically at least on what um, that might entail. Luke said this this would be two motions. So. Board Member Clark, I like your thinking, Board Member Shalinski. I want to see that flow chart in my head here. So we have a, a motion to maintain the direct access. I'm guessing if it's denied, there, we're not going to have a second conversation. No. If second it's approved, and if it's approved, what would be the next motion, staff? If right the now, motion... the variance request, if I can just jump in, the variance request, the second piece of the variance request is to, let's see, and so to reduce the required spacing between a stop sign control intersection and a driveway curb cut on an, on an arterial street right-of-way from 300 feet to 89 feet. And so this is another thing I don't think we as a board can control. We just have to take it on faith that the opinions and considerations of this board would carry on to the site plan process is there's been discussion tonight that if that curb cut becomes a right only, then 89 feet becomes about 100 feet. So we've gained 11 feet from from the stop sign controlled intersection at Crestline. But the thing is, is I don't know it, that it's within our power to mandate that. And I don't know that Luke would want us to. I think Luke would encourage us to say, hey, we'll, we'll talk with the city engineers and we will remember this discussion at the site plan process. Well, Luke is, Luke, Luke is the one who mentioned that there could be two motions, so I'd like to ask Luke what he was envisioning. Yes, so I, I think I think like the first motion would be the access point. The second motion would be if if that first motion is approved, we would move on to that second part where you're considering, okay, you've approved the access point you can drop the distance to 89 feet from 300 feet. And I, again, I think you should be looking at this big picture um, 
as the access is now an option at 89 feet. And like I and like uh, board member Harrod said, these the notes from this meeting would be sent along to the engineers and MSO and the applicant, of course, and they would be then submit a write-in only plan if you know if they'd like to do that. So board member Gardner, I'm gonna follow up because I agree with Barry and Nate trying to get it clear in my head. So if we approve the motion I just seconded that uh, Travis made, then we deny the variance request for the 89 feet. It still goes to the other, uh, to the, the MSO or whatever, so that the, the, the folks can look at a one way in only. Is that correct? So if, so if you approve the first component, you, you would then want to approve the second component. That would allow for the access in that location. Okay. If but you deny the second part, you're okay. basically allowing the access, but you're not considering the fact that they don't have 300 feet. Does that make sense? Uh, no, say that again one more time. Sorry, slowly. So if you approve the first part that they can maintain vehicle access, that is the big picture thing. They can keep a curb cut. That does not negate the fact that they still need to have 300 feet distance between the stop sign at Crestline and that curb cut, which you've just allowed. The second variance component, the 300 feet to 89 feet, would take care of that. That would allow that newly, you know, that approved access point to be in a location that is 89 feet from the, the stop sign at Crestline instead of 300 feet. Okay, so what if we do it that way, does the site plan drive it to the city engineer to do the waiver for, for the less than 300 feet? So if you approve the variance to allow 89 feet instead of 300 feet, there would be no city engineer waiver related to that. They would just be looking at the actual design of the write-in, potentially write-out on the site plan. They would be looking at the safety component. They would not. They would see that the board has given them that 89-foot distance, and they could not comment on that part. So can we say 100 feet so it's only possible to do the write-in? That is a condition that you could approve, yes. Okay, so the second motion needs to say we approve the variance, but modify it to be 100 feet, which would only allow a write-in. Is that correct? Um, I can't speak to the engineering part, but yes, you could modify that 89 feet and you could back it up to 100. That is okay. within your power. Okay. Is okay. there... Is there any reason why we couldn't do all of that in one motion? Uh, it's as far, I believe it's cleaner to split them out into two, just because if you don't approve the first one, I, I believe it's cleaner because the second one relies on the first one, basically. Yeah, honestly, the yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine if we approved the keeping the curb cut but we did not approve you know any you know, imagine we demanded that there had to be 300 feet to the stop sign then you'd have a curb cut you couldn't use and it wouldn't be able to get approved as a site plan right it would just be dead in the water 
Okay. This is board member Clark. Any other discussion? Everybody feel good about the direction and the flow of this motions? So I think I'm going to discard any previous motions and entertain any new motions just as a way to kind of get the process rolling again. I'll restate my motion. Um, I would move that we approve the variance request to allow the applicant to maintain direct access to a major arterial, arterial street right-of-way at the property in question here that everybody knows we're, <laughs> we're, 20, we're 20, 2015, 2015 West 6th Street. There you go. Hey, I've got a motion. How about a second? Board Member Gardner, second. All right, staff, we have a motion and a second on this. Would you please call a roll? Okay, I have a motion on the first component, the access point component. Board Member Gardner. Aye. Board Member Clark. Nay. Board Member Shalinsky. Nay. Board Member Hill. Nay. Board Member Rankin. Nay. Board Member Herod. Aye. The motion fails. Did you call okay. General Gardner? Yes, I was. I was a yay. Oh, sorry. I... <laughs> All right. Thank you, staff. Thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you. All right, uh, we're going to move on to the second agenda item for the public hearing portion tonight. And for that, we would love to hear from staff again. Okay, good evening again, board members. Luke Mortensen, Planning and Planning and Development Services Department. As Chair Clark just noted, public hearing item number C2 is a variance from the off-street parking standards as found in Article 9 of the Land Development Code. The specific request is to reduce the required off-street parking amount from 18 spaces to one space for a proposed mixed-use development located at 1346 Ohio Street. I will now briefly run through the five criteria. Criteria one focuses on unique conditions based in platting and zoning. This variance originates from the applicant's desire to establish a mixed fast order food and work live unit use development within an existing structure. Physical improvements, including a building addition, are proposed for the existing structure currently uh, on Ohio Street. Staff believes the subject property has unique conditions based on its platting and zoning. The subject property is a rectangular parcel comprised of a portion of a single platted Lawrence original town site lot. The subject property was divided likely via the deeding process prior to the adoption of the city's current density and dimensional standards. The subject property was divided um, such that another separate parcel now exists between the subject property and the platted alley right-of-way on that same original town site lot, which was reduced from its 5150 square foot area down to 3750 square feet. The subject property is the only original town site lot split in that manner within the surrounding mixed-use MU uh, district area. I'll refer to my staff analysis in the staff report regarding the mixed-use zoning district. However, I'll note that the MU district has specific parking requirements related to alley access and specific mixed-use development um, 
development zone designations that would actually restrict the subject property as it's comprised today from providing any off-street parking. That gets pretty complicated. It's in the staff report and when I'm happy to go back to that during questions. To conclude this section, staff believes the subject property does exhibit conditions based uh, on its platting or zoning that could be considered unique and may warrant this variance from the city's off-street parking standards. Criteria two focuses on the adverse effects on adjacent property owners and residents. In staff's opinion, the requested variance would not adversely affect the right, rights of adjacent property owners or residents. Reducing the required off-street parking amount would not restrict adjacent properties from continued operation of their existing land uses. Criteria three focuses on unnecessary hardship as defined by the Land Development Code. Staff believes that requiring the applicant to comply with the code required off-street parking standard could be considered an unnecessary hardship. There are only five uses permitted in the mixed-use district that do not require any off-street parking. However, they generally focus on agriculture and communications equipment. The subject property's mixed-use primary development district zoning classification restricts off-street parking areas. Therefore, the list of code-compliant land uses is considerably reduced. Criteria number four focuses on public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting this request may, would not adversely affect though, those above listed items. The applicant will provide one off-street space for the resident of the proposed work-live unit. This off-street space would accommodate the vehicle that has the potential to be located at the subject property the longest with the least amount of turnover. Per the applicant, the existing congregate living use is already underparked by about 10 parking spaces, which means up to 10 vehicles associated with the subject property's current congregate living use are already parked in the public right-of-way. This proposed fast order food and work-live unit use would generate vehicle and parking traffic that is likely to turn over more than the existing congregate living land use. It is possible and likely that this proposed mixed-use development would increase the demand for street parking overall in the immediate area. However, as noted in the staff report, it is not unlawful to individuals to park uh, where permitted uh, on the public right-of-way. Both staff and the applicant anticipate a significant portion of future customer traffic would arrive via bike, ped, shared mobility, or transit options. Criteria number five focuses on the general spirit and intent of the code. The applicant's proposed mixed-use development would include both residential and non-residential uses, satisfying the stated goals and purpose of the mixed-use zoning district. Currently, the property is zoned mixed-use but only has a residential component. Article 9 of the Land Development Code understands that some properties and some land uses may have unique parking needs and characteristics. This variance process would memorialize the uniqueness of this specific property and would allow for redevelopment of a highly trafficked, highly visible neighborhood corner. To conclude, staff recommends approval of the variance request to reduce the required off-street parking spaces from 18 spaces to one space for the property address as 1346 Ohio Street. 
That's it on my end. I can stand for questions, and I believe the applicant is with us virtually tonight. Staff, thank you again for your report. Does anybody have questions for staff at this point? Um, yeah, I have a question. Um, I realize that um, each application that we consider is an independent item. Uh, however, I have to also be cognizant that um, we have considered this property several times. Um, and I'm trying to understand um, what the difference is between this application and the previous one in terms of what is being proposed. I can tell that the staff analysis is different, but um, what is the difference in what is being proposed, if any? Luke Mortensen, planning staff, that may be a better question for Paul, but I will just note that they have reduced the area of co the customer service area, and they've reduced the number of proposed employees, which reduces the off-street, the required off-street parking lot. Thanks, Luke. Board Member Gardner. Barry, if you remember last time I, I went through a process talking or asking Paul questions, and it was a um, um, four employees, the one con the one uh, living person, and uh, if you took the 10% uh, driving, um, which was the max that happens next door at the Hawk, uh, as an estimate, that was five. So this actually does reduce the requirement. So it is different. Great. Board Member Clark, any other questions for staff at this point in time? All right, seeing none, uh, let's move on to the portion where we can hear from the applicant. Uh, good evening, Paul Werner, Paul Werner Architects. Um, glad to be back here again. So. Um, uh, as Luke, Luke mentioned, we have been here several times. Um, this is really, a, it's a different application, just as the last one, um, completely different than um, years ago. But uh, we are smaller. Um, we have taken 100 more square feet out of the building uh, for a customer area. We lost one employee, so we are down to 18 required parking spaces. We're reducing that to one. Again, that's the one space that we really want um, dedicated to the resident. So it is about the 17 spaces. Um, as Luke mentioned, and we have described last time and this time that there's at least 10 spaces short for what's there now. Um, that doesn't count visitors and all of that. So we're smart enough to say that not everybody going to this place is going to walk, um, but we still think the majority will. And the reality is we need something like 30 or 40, 50% that walk from the requirement. And we are providing, we will have less parking on the streets surrounding 
um, 14th in Ohio. So we feel really good about it. We think this is an awesome mixed use project. That's why we keep trying to come back and get something. Um, it's a tough site. Um, we, we think we've got the right project in front of you. Um, obviously staff does as well, which I think that um, should speak volumes. And the other thing is mentioned in the reports, there's been no correspondence at all from anyone who um, is, is against this from the general public. And as you guys know, this uh, this is in kind of an area that, that that group is pretty vocal. If somebody was against this, I, I think you would have a letter. So, you know, maybe it took us a while to reduce it enough, but man, I'm, I gotta believe, I'd like to think this is it. So. Um, look forward towards your support and um, would love to get a new building on the corner. So happy to answer any questions. Thank you. All right, thank you, Paul. Any questions from the board for the applicant? Just uh, board member Gardner, just one comment and that is uh, I commend you for, for your persistence, uh, Paul. And I think when we see the development code that's going to come out in two years, it would have made this very easy uh, because the parking requirement in an area where the students mostly walk is going to be a, an easy pass. Okay. Thank you, Board Member Gardner. All right. At this point in time, I would like to open it up for any public comment. I don't see anybody in the room. Luke, is anyone online? I am not seeing any Zoom commenters. Okay, then I would entertain a motion to close the public portion of the comment tonight. Board Member Gardner, so moved. Board Member Rankin, I'll second. All right, staff, we have a motion and a second to close the public portion. Could you just call a roll? Yes, a motion to close public comment. Board Member Gardner. Aye. Board Member Clark. Aye. Board Member Shalinski. Aye. Board Member Hill. Aye. Board Member Rankin. Aye. And Board Member Herod. Aye. Motion carries. Okay. Board, comments, questions, thoughts? Board member Gardner, um, I, Luke, did, is this your work? Yes, I. Uh, this was my staff report this month. Okay, I just want to highly commend you for really studying it and looking for how we can do things, especially in a multi-use district where we don't have a zoning code. So I just really want to highly commend you for, for doing that and looking at it in a how we can versus why we cannot. Um, and then I, I think that in a few years, uh, we're going to see this kind of thing happen more and more. And it's to the, the same thing that, uh, that Travis talked about. Travis, are you on the, that committee? I am. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, 
I had a conversation with Brad Finkeldy today, and I made a suggestion that basically, perhaps during the two-year period it's being developed, that if they provided boards like the Board of Zoning Appeals the flexibility to make some decisions that don't set a precedent forever, so our decisions wouldn't be precedent setting for other variances, but would allow a pilot project kind of approach so that as we move towards the comprehensive plan with infill and people being able to walk within 15 minutes to, to the things they need to use to live, um, we, we could see whether they work or not. And um, so I'm really hoping that that's something that the committee does. And then um, with that, I would, um, I totally support this and I'd make a motion that we approve the parking variance request to reduce the required off street parking spaces from 18 to one based on the findings in the staff report, concluding that the request meets the five conditions outlined in 201309 G1 in the land development code. Before we get a second on that, this is Bermover Clark just wanting to make sure that anybody that has any comment on the board that wants to share that. Yeah, I didn't mean to stop the discussion. Yeah, yeah that's make. that. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna kill off the discussion too soon here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, board member Shalinsky. Um. This is a. This is a tough nut to crack, um, and uh, I too appreciate the persistence. Um, I also have to note that when I visited the site today, there were at about 3.30 in the afternoon, there were um, a total of uh, three available parking spaces in that block. And one of them was <coughs> up at the north end. So, um, you know, we do have parking requirements for a reason. And even if there are changes in the code moving forward, which uh, I agree with the general, there will be, um, there will still be a parking requirement of some sort. And this site will probably not comply with it. Um, so, you know, the BZA is not going to be out of business by any means. Um, that said, um, unless we're kind of saying the building should deteriorate and be demolished and that it's not um, feasible to do anything there, um, this is certainly, I think, the best proposal that we have seen. 
So those would be my comments. Barry, would you be willing to give it a second? No. <laughs> All right, Board Member Clark, do you have any comments from Board Members Harrod, Rankin, or Hill? Board Member Gardner, can I ask a question of Paul Warner, the applicant again? Does that take us back out? It doesn't take us back to the public, but it does allow me to ask him a question. Yeah, go for it. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Paul, how many um, people live there right now? Uh, 12. It's 12 okay. back. Okay. So, Barry, on the street, there's probably 11, if they all have cars, 11 parked in there. So, there's three parking spaces open, which means you really have 14 or 13 when you have one person parked in the new place. Point taken. Thanks. Mr. Chair. I didn't, mean be, I didn't mean to be argumentative. I just wanted to point out that it was, those were, those were filled by some of the people that live there. Mr. Chair, would it be appropriate for me to, to second the board member Gardner's motion at this point? Yeah, I think as board members Rankin and Hill, do you feel like you've been heard and have had a chance to think through this? Board member Rankin, yeah, I've thought through this, so they want a second. I'm fine with it. Okay, yeah. Board member Harrod, go for it. I would second uh, board member Gardner's motion to approve the variance um, as recommended by staff. All right, staff, we have a motion and a second to approve the variance. Would you mind taking roll? Yes, we have a motion to approve it. The variance is requested. Board member Gardner. Aye. Board member Clark. Aye. Board member Shalinsky. Aye. Board member Hill. Aye. Board member Rankin. Aye. Board member Herod. Aye. The motion carries. Um, board board member uh, Gardner, uh, Nate, uh, can I have a, a moment? Uh, yeah, we'll, I think we'll close this out. Uh, agenda item, congratulations, Paul. Thanks for sticking with us for so long. Hey, thank you very much. Everybody have a good night. You too. <laughs> All right, um, and then that gets us down to the miscellaneous, um, which among other things, I would like to congratulate board member Wisner, board member Gardner for six, more than six years. Well, for me, yeah, for me, it was eight years because the first one was an unexpired term. I just wanted to thank everybody for uh, putting up with me um, mm -hmm. and for uh, actually supporting this one because I was really frustrated last time uh, it, trying to get um, something to work in multi-use towards towards where the city wants to go with the 2040 plan uh, has really been challenging without a code and so thank you for for the yays it's your it's your presidential pardon on your way out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. 
So, Mr. Chair, is this the part where we can where we can laud the the long service of of you, of General Gardner, and of Board Member Wisner? Uh, yeah, but as the as the board chair, I I'm going to delay you because I I really appreciate the nomination because it gives me a finally a chance to tell a story tonight, and you have to listen because I'm the chair. <laughs> All right. So in 2012, my wife Sarah and I moved to Lawrence from California with our two month old son. We move out with a list titled Promises of the Midwest, which okay. included higher quality of life and a higher quality of people. In 2013, we purchased a lot in North Lawrence and began the process of building our home. I had a weekly routine of stopping by the planning office and asking endless questions to the patient planner of the day. I cannot understate the amount of patient support I received from David Guntert, Adrian Jones, Matt Bond, and Sheila Stogstill. During the construction process, I applied for two variances before this board, and the function of the board immediately fascinated me. It's a structured process for addressing challenges that could not be anticipated and should probably not be formally codified. It's a wonderful balance of regulation and human needs. I shared this with Sarah, my wife, one night, and she encouraged me to attend more BZA meetings just for fun. But apparently, attending a BZA for meeting for fun is not a normal thing. And after a couple of months, David Guntert approached me and kindly asked, I've noticed you sitting here in the back. Is something wrong? Can I help you? Um, he advised me that I could use my interests in a more beneficial manner by applying to join the board. And six years ago, in August of 2016, I sat on this bench for the very first time. Uh, the full spectrum of applications that appear before this board have always been interesting. From the routine to the historically fascinating, from the three-minute speed runs to the late-nighters to the issues that span meeting after meeting. I'm looking at you, Ohio Street. Each one has been an opportunity for me personally and for my fellow board members to feel a little bit closer to this town that we love. It's been an honor to serve on this board alongside, alongside such great people, to witness Major General's support for the community, John Gascon's passion for better policy, and board member Herod's ability to help applicants understand and plea their own cases. To the staff, David Gunter, Jeff Crick, Catherine Week, Luke Mortison, Caitlin Dollar, thank you for your guidance, patience, and excellent reports month after month. You are the very model of public servants. Thank you all for this amazing opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, well done, Nate. All right, I have to jump in, and I hope that General Gardner will say something here in a second, but. I, I want to also tell you a much briefer story, which is when I was, I think I was five or six, my parents had gotten me a bike and then they even put one of those, you know, they don't see them anymore, but one of those like six foot tall flags with a little yellow with an orange and they even have like a road runner on it. And they worked with me for, you know, a couple of weeks with training wheels. And then one evening, I remember my dad said, we're going to take the wheels off and I'm going to run you down the street and you're gonna go on your own. And I, I'm sure all of you who've done that remember vividly the moment that you rode without your training wheels. And so how, what does that mean for tonight? So I think it was, I don't know, a month or a couple months ago, uh, Luke and Catherine let us know that board members Clark and Gardner and Wisner, all of their terms were going to expire tonight. And in that moment, I had that feeling because board members Clark and Gardner and Wisner were my training wheels. 
I've gotten to see, I think probably four or six other board members, you know, come and go during my, I think four years on this board, but you guys are the ones that I listen to and really, really, you're the guys that I was paying attention to as I tried to figure out what does BZA do? What should it be doing? What should I be thinking about? What questions should I be asking? You guys, you are my training wheels. So I am going to miss you a lot. Thanks, Ben. Hey, Travis, thank you. And I, uh, I would say that the, the person that I um, learned the most from was John Gascon. I, I recommended to, to um, Brad Finkeldye that he contact John because he really knew this business. He knew what other communities did around the country. Um, and, and he knew uh, way, way before the city that where we're going in 2040 it was, is, uh, he, he can advise them. He can give you guys some really good thoughts about doing it. Um, thanks very much, all of you. Yeah, thanks to everybody on this call and everybody around staff. Hey, thank you guys very much and for all your years. It's a, that's a long time. So appreciate it. Um, you know, we don't always agree, but, but six years, eight years. Um, and this is a, this is a pretty hard board to fill. So, um, you know, give them credit and, and good job. So thank you very much. And Barry and, and Teresa, thank you for going to the places. I used to do that every time and I've driven by that intersection so many times I didn't have to this time so anyway <laughs> thanks all right well then um I am going to ask that General Gardner give me a second as our final hurrah I'm going to move that we adjourn the September 1st Board of Zoning Appeals meeting Greg Gardner board member second the motion all right staff we have a motion and a second to adjourn could you confirm I have your motion, but I will just uh, add a few things very quickly. Um, our submittal deadline for October is one week from tomorrow. Um, there may or may not be uh, items on October. Uh, very quickly as well, we will be holding, like I mentioned before, um, elections in October. And as you're all very well aware, we have some open spots. We are still working with uh, city staff to fill those spots. Um, if you are familiar with any member of the community who is looking to volunteer in this capacity, please send them our way or to the mayor's folks. And then finally, I will just mention again um, from staff's perspective, thank you very much to board members Gardner, Clark, and Weisner. Um, without you know, volunteers, and you are very much a volunteer, um, these boards and commissions and this city does not um, function at its at its best. So it is very much appreciated. With that, I will um, call roll to adjourn tonight's meeting. Board member Gardner. Aye. And aloha. <laughs> board member Clark. Aye. Board member Shalinsky. Thank you so much, everyone. Aye. Board Member Hill. Aye. Board Member Rankin. Aye. And Board Member Herod. A reluctant aye.
Motion carries. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night and have a good holiday weekend. All the best. We'll see you guys around. See ya. I don't.